Counting calories is out. Weight loss is an internal game, what I like to call weight release, and it all starts from within. You're listening to Confidence From Within, a podcast for women ready to feel good about their bodies, rediscover their confidence, and share their brilliance with the world. I am your host, Juliana Lehman, mind-body weight release expert and lifelong health seeker. And I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode number 133 of Confidence From Within podcast. And as always, I am your host, Juliana Lehman. And today's a very special episode because this episode was recorded live as part of my three-part series called The Wealthy Women, where we will be exploring the mind-body business connection. So you're in for a treat. So if you missed the live series, no problem, because we're publishing all three of those episodes here on the podcast. So today is part one, where we're going to go into the mind aspect of the mind-body business connection. And before we go any deeper, if you want to get the workbook that I mentioned a couple of times in this episode, all you have to do is go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash confidence to get your copy of the workbook. Today, we talk about really embodying the wealthy women. So first of all, I discuss what is the wealthy woman and how can you really start to feel what a version is for you and tapping into her. We also go over the three core qualities that I've observed over the last two decades of women that are actually successful in business. And also the three main things I have noticed that stops women from up-leveling their impact and their income so that you can make different choices. We also talk about why is it actually harder to release excess weight in midlife. And there are some core reasons, legitimate reasons. But once you're empowered with that knowledge, then there's something you can do about it. And we really address this from the standpoint of looking at the generational cycles of unhealth and really going back, looking at the struggle and a lot of the baggage and the stories that we all grew up with and really breaking that cycle so that you can start really modeling a different version of you, a different story going forward and to the next generations. Finally, you will also learn what are we really after in terms of our wellness journey? What is that tipping point? And hopefully this is going to be interesting in a unique way to look at the whole journey and potentially understand why has it been that you done so much, you've done all the trial and error in the past and you have not gotten the long-term results you seek. Because once you understand how your mind makes choices, it's easier to drop the guilt, drop the blame, and really become very proactive in terms of what it can do to change those things. Because there are going to be three key resources that I believe every woman in midlife seeking better health so they can up-level their business, their impacts, their income, need to know about and must actually implement. I'll tell you what those three things are. In this episode, and as we go forward in this series, we're going to go deeper into those three areas so that you can actually start to implement it. So without any further ado, here is part one of the Wealthy Women series. So first of all, I wanted to welcome you to the live taping of the Wealthy Women series here for the Confidence From Within podcast. 
So if you're listening to this live, welcome. And if you're watching the replay later on the podcast, welcome as well. And really my intention with this three-part series is really to show you the mind-body business connection. And my intention here, these are my favorite topics in the entire world. And my intention here is really to show you how powerful this connection really is so that you can use it to not only up-level your income and your impact in the world, but also to feel healthy and vibrant doing so. And if you are exhausted, taking care of everyone with little to no time for yourself, you're in the right place, you're in for a treat. And I myself have put my career ahead of, and everybody else's needs ahead of my own for most of my life. And now I help women, you know, recover from the same problem, do differently. But really anywhere from, you know, returning to work in record time after my spinal surgery, which I really paid the price for that later. And then exiting corporate when I had um, a, like a four month stress leave for burnout. So I've gone through the motions and I really, my body really asked me and actually loudly spoke to me to slow down. And now I really help women do so before it gets to, to that place. And if you are in that place, how can we bring you back to wellness? and uh, actually be able to write a different story for yourself. So today's main topic is health is wealth and embodying the wealthy women. So we're going to start with the mind. And then for the next two parts, we're going to go deeper into the body. And then, of course, into business and bring it all together for you. So first of all, what is the wealthy women or how am I defining the wealthy women? She is the version of you that feels really well-resourced, and we're going to talk more about resources later today, emotionally wealthy, grateful, at peace with herself and her body, and really ready to make a bigger impact in the world. And that is especially true for us purpose-driven women that have so much to give and care so much about other people. And I really want to help you, you know, if you are a woman 40, or older, which is really the demographic that I work with and speak to, I really want to help you redefine midlife. And we're going to talk about some of the things that we encounter and how to start reframing that. Because I really want you to look in the mirror and, and love what you see, feel great in your own skin, and really in such a deep level of acceptance of yourself that showing up and being seen becomes natural, become just a natural extension of how you're here to do your work. The wealthy women, and this is starting to, you know, get deeper in there. She works with her body, okay, as opposed to against it. I wrote a book, I don't know if you can see over there, if you're watching this uh, live with me with video, and it's all about tapping into that connection with your book, like your body is your best friend. And what is important is that once you work with your body as opposed to against it, one, you understand that your body actually has your back and it wants to do everything it can to get you healthy and present and vibrant, but it is a two-way street. So there's things that we also have to do to support our body, especially as we age, so that we can keep the engine going. To really tap into this version of you that we're talking about, the wealthy woman version of you, uh, both of physical, mental, and emotional wealth, it is really important to start putting health a little higher on your priority list. 
and start placing yourself higher in your to-do list. But it's not just by saying so, yeah, let's just put yourself higher. That's not enough. It doesn't work. So what I'm going to show you is how to do that today and really looking at, you know, human behavior and how does the mind make choices. First of all, so you understand why it has been challenging maybe for you to stick to diets and healthy living programs, even though you know all the things you should be doing. So I want to tell you that first and then give you some ideas of how to start moving yourself higher in that to-do list. And my goal with this series is to help you embody the wealthy women to really bring you that state of hormonal wealth. And we're going to talk about hormones more as we go forward in the series, but especially hormones in midlife, but also how to embrace this phase in your life. Because if you think about it, healthy or not healthy aging, but aging in general is a privilege that's denied to so many women. And if you have this opportunity in your hands, I want you to maximize your experience and have a really vibrant, you know, experience of life while really putting your work out there. And yes, we will explore the connection to your weight. It's actually, you know, starting in part two uh, for the body, which is either tomorrow or if you're listening to this replay in the podcast, it'll be the following week's episode because our physical appearance, one, it consumes so much energy. It consumes so much brain space for so many women. If you look in the mirror and you're unhappy with what you see, that takes, it drains us. You know, I know this from personal experience and worked with women that when we are unhappy with our physicality, it's something we think about every day. Every choice of whatever we eat and how we dress our bodies and how we put ourselves in social situations, right? Uh, so we're definitely going to talk about that because I think, being in alignment with your physical appearance and loving with gratitude what you see in the mirror is such a big important step in really showing up and doing your work because my real mission and the mission behind this podcast is to change the weight loss conversation in midlife and really doing so through you know shifting how you see things and mastering your mind the power of your mind so you can love your body to get us started there's very much three qualities that i observe that i believe are really key in success in business in general and the number one is having a calling and a desire to serve others so a lot of people i would say that starts businesses a lot of women and the number one reason when i talk to women and i've been doing this for a couple of decades now that's usually what they want to do they want to serve they want to help they want to take their own successes and experiences after you know, overcoming some sort of struggle and help others shorten that curve of learning so that other women can have what they now experience, right? That may be also uh, the same for you, this deep desire to serve. The downside of the deep desire to serve is that it comes with such a personal cost, right? To yourself, to your energy, to your capacity, because a lot of times we over overserve <laughs> the, uh, the world. Number two, another key quality of success is having energy to show up and do the work, right? If you wake up exhausted every day, it's a lot harder. But if you spring out of bed with so much excitement, it's a lot easier to be able to show up consistently and do the work. And number three, constant personal development and inner work. Uh, a lot of times we hear that entrepreneurship is the number one uh, journey to personal discovery because it 
every step of the way, there's so much mental inner work we have to do to keep going, to keep growing. It is a very rewarding, but also a very challenging career path, let me tell. Um, so those three qualities, having the core desire to serve, uh, having the energy to actually do the work, and of course, number three, you know, always working on your inner self so that it can continue to give to the world. Our three qualities, I would say, that we hear often uh, in women that are successful in business. With that, what I also see that it actually stops women from growing their impact and their income is one, lack of energy, which we just said is such an important quality for maximum impact. If you're running on fumes and you're just, you know, struggling to get out of bed and then using caffeine to get through your day, then you're exhausted at night and all this to-dos just keeps piling on. That can be a very difficult way. Like you can do it maybe for bursts of time, but then we have the crash and burn moments, right? Number two, not feeling seen or hiding because you're uncomfortable with your body physically or just mobility-wise, all those different reasons. And number three, lack of self-prioritization, which is probably one of the biggest widespread problems that I see for women, which is putting everyone's needs first instead of your own. And I think that one happens so often because we've been told from very little that, you know, that is the right thing to do. That is what's being a good girl or whatever <laughs> the words you were taught when you're a child. Uh, this is the right way, right, to help everybody else and be humble and all those things. So a lot of that information that just sits in our minds and becomes part of our identity are things that are keeping you potentially from tapping into this next level of impact and income. Now, here are some truths about midlife that, you know, I think we need to put it on the table. Number one, in your career, so if you're in a priorities, which is your authentic blueprint to who you are and what brings you joy, let's just say you are an entrepreneur or a very ambitious career woman. Career comes really high on a list of natural prioritizations, okay? Often ahead of health. Right? So you push late night to compromise on food and you know, compromise on sleep and all those things. If that is natural for you, which is also natural for me, that is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But it is important that we know that really the, like the core of what I wanted to realize in terms of the health and wellness in midlife is what is the right strategy for you? What is the right diet? What is the right supplements? What is... You know, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, what you're really looking for is that tipping point of how much can you get away with, period, okay? <laughs> and that's the truth. Some of us has more, have more resilience, and that was also true in your 20s and 30s. Um, so if you have more resilience, you can get away with more. As we age, our resilience goes down, so we can get away with less each time. So before, you may be able to just not prioritize sleep, and that's fine. But now, if you do so, then we're having issues with blood sugar regulation, circadian rhythm regulation, all those things. So the real truth is personal to you, number one. We all have a different trash point or threshold of how much we can get away with, okay? And that is actually what we're after to get to that sustainable wellness journey. So what I love to do, help women do is find your threshold and then you say just be before that. 
so you can still have some fun and do whatever as long as we're not crossing the line in which you're depleting your body and then your body is in survival mode as long as you stay in thrive mode even if you push a little bit a little fun that's fine as long as you are within the resilience of your current physical and emotional state hopefully that makes sense but in midlife and i know we hear all these stories right yes it is harder to either relieve excess weight or maintain a healthy weight and there's many reasons why but one of them like decisions feel more permanent and they are right because our resili resilience is down so we can get away with less you know fun things <laughs> outside of your normal health and wellness plan strategies for new 20s and 30s don't seem to work anymore which is also true for example you know pushing really hard at the gym and overworking a bad diet can't happen anymore you know just not eating well and loading yourself with supplements that can actually be a huge stress on the body especially if you're taking the wrong stuff can't do this anymore like it's different you know our ability to eat copious amounts of carbohydrates that can happen either because as we wage our ability to tolerate a really healthy carb diet for, for many women diminishes so there's all those things that are changing in your body and i have more information for you as we go through this series but the strategies that i use to work starving yourself lowering calories like crazy may have worked in the past but chances are it's not going to work sustainably in midlife your hormones are changing like we've been saying this all along like bha progesterone there's a lot of hormones that are naturally going to decline as we age and with that, our resilience goes down. That's why choices are a bit more permanent. And what you can get away with is a little bit more, I'll say, limited as well, if you want to maintain or improve your health. And lastly, and I think this is something we don't talk a lot of, enough about, but there is an actual caloric penalty that our bodies will pay if we are constantly yo-yo dieting, meaning it is harder to release excess weight if you had done it in the past because your body becomes more efficient at preserving or retaining body fat so it will take you more and more and more effort to release the same 10 20 30 pounds if you've done it multiple times in the past okay and a lot of times when we get to midlife that has happened for so many women at least that i work with so i just wanted to know that yes some of the cards are not going to be stacked in your you know benefit let's put it that way However, there's so much we can do to manage and overcome these things. And hopefully in this series, you're going to start to really get uh, a good feel of some of those strategies. So here's what I propose to you. I want to encourage you to actually tap into the wisdom of midlife to your benefit, right? Like, yes, there's all those things that may not be the best, most encouraging picture, but there's so much wisdom and life experiences and perspective that you've accumulated over the years that I want you to help you tap into that. And also I want to propose to you that you really join me on breaking what I call the generational cycle of struggle and the generational cycle of unhealth, okay? And I'll give you some specifics of what I mean about this. So first of all, if you were to look at your relationship with your food and tomorrow we're gonna to be talking about really looking at your wellness journey or the next episode, if you're listening to this as I replay in the podcast, we're gonna be looking at your wellness journey as part of your legacy, which is such an interesting concept and how you can use your own journey and story to model to other women and the younger generations what is possible. 
But if you're to look at your life and the generational cycles that you've been exposed to, what is your relationship with food? Did you have to clean your plate after each meal? I did growing up. You know, I grew up in uh, a third world country, so before I moved to Canada. So it was really common practice to not be allowed to waste food because all the generations prior also grew up with a belief system. Was food ever used to celebrate you, you know, either in sports or if you got good grades or birthdays, you know, all the cakes and treats and sweets? And was food a form of love and belonging, right? So the family eats together, eats the same style of food, um, you know, maybe not super healthy, family recipes passed down, or even the concept if you're sick, like you get, I don't know, like chicken soup or cookies or something. You know, there's this incredible entanglement of emotions with feeling good and belonging and food that then later on, if you want to, you know, cut all the sugar, cut all the carbs, there's so much emotional pull there that you can't just disregard that. It's important to honor that, understand that, so that we can actually break some of those these associations and you can actually choose to nourish your body differently rather than, you know, doing it for a little bit period of time. And then when emotions get messy again, then you go back to, you know, your old ways. And were you encouraged to diet for an early age? You know, that is one of the most common things of the women that I serve and work with that they come from the generation prior, you know, taught them to watch what they eat and change their foods, you know, from a very young age and that you carry that with you, you know, it becomes part of every decision you make before you eat anything, even if you are celebrating a birthday or, or traveling. I also need to start thinking and looking at to, where are you putting yourself in your own to-do list? Do you even make the cut, number one? But do you prioritize duty over joy? Do you feel that you have all this to-do list of things you have to do before this tiny little bit of time for yourself at the end of the day, right? I know this is by far one of the number one things that I've been working on undoing in my own life for the last many, many years. The duty is such a strong part of my upbringing of performing to a certain level of not breaking the rules, not breaking others' expectations and pleasing people. And joy for me was almost like, if I get time, I will think about myself. And the problem with that is that it breeds this cycle of guilt in us when we choose to do something for ourselves, right? Because we're taught and overtaught that that is just not how this works. Um, the other aspect of it is, do you procrastinate on sleep to get everything done? And I love this word. And one of my um, best friends mentioned that to me, like sleep procrastination as a concept. It's like, wow, yeah. You know, I push it later and later because there's all these important things I need to get done before. So I think that's really interesting to contemplate. Do you do that? Or is sleep the sacred thing for you that you know it's a value, therefore you really prioritize it? And lastly, do you even make the cut on your own to-do list, like I said? Or are you just like, if there's any time left, then, you know, you become... Um, add it to the bottom or are you actually towards the top which for most women they're not and lastly the last piece I wanted to contemplate or start to contemplate is being really honest about how you feel and I think honesty is going to with self it's going to be a really important theme and key <laughs> as we go forward with the series 
But do you feel emotionally satisfied? If you pause and you take a quick inventory of your life, do you feel satisfied? And that's the specific word I want you to ask yourself. Am I satisfied with life as is, with my physical well-being as is? Because if the answer is no or definitely not or not quite, then I really hope to give you some very important things to contemplate to start really refilling your bucket. Because if you don't feel satisfied, it's usually because you're not placing your needs at the right spot, which is at the top of the, <laughs> the priority list, where sometimes not even making the cut. Do you wake up in the morning with so much energy and joy to just like live the day to the fullest, right? And one of the things that I like to give women an idea, so for example, say you book a trip to the Caribbean, say you love doing that. If you're not a traveler, then think of a different example, but if you love to travel, and you have that trip, and you have to wake up at 5 a.m. to catch this flight. You probably don't wake up and say, oh, I have to go to the Caribbean to have fun. You probably don't say that, right? You probably say, I get you, I love to, I'm so excited to travel. You're probably, you know, ready to go, you're packed, or, you know, full of energy at 5 in the morning. But on a different day, if you have to wake up at say even later, 6 a.m. to go to a job that you don't like or to do all these things for someone else that you don't want to, maybe in your business, you're probably not going to have the same energy, the same stamina, and your vocabulary is probably going to be more I have to, I need to, I should, rather than I love to, I get to. And those things are so important because our words and more phys physically speaking, our energy levels are completely connected to our perceptions of what we have or get to do. And if the things you're trying to accomplish for your business, for your health, if they're all under the have to list, you're going to continue to struggle, lack energy, not sleep well, and potentially succumb to cravings and glasses of wine and whatever not to get, get through. Whereas if you learn to prioritize things and shift and delegate and you know some of the strategies that I teach in my work, and you can take some of those things, specifically your work, since we're talking about business and impact, and move the things that you are essential to do into the got to. And we start either delegating or getting rid of the things that drain your energy. Then you're able to show up with so much more capacity. Same you, you know, same hormones, same everything. The difference is how you prioritize your life and how you see the thing, the, the perspectives that you have in terms of what you get to do versus what you have to do, okay? So just to give you some, you know, <laughs> little golden nuggets of what to stick up. And lastly, do you look in the mirror and feel deep gratitude for your body? And I'm not saying look in the mirror and lie and say, I love every part of my body. That's probably going to be a lie for most of us. <laughs> but look in the mirror and look at your body without those critical eyes with loving eyes. And look in the body and actually see See the incredible person that you are, the incredible being. Like if you could see for some of the ways that I look in the mirror and I see the millions and billions of chemical reactions and the perfection of every hormone and neurotransmitter and every little channel and portal and like your body is this majestic piece of art. But we are taught, you know, over, I'll say even from early childhood to look at it and just see the external appearance and critique it based on this ever-changing standard of beauty that's so, I would say, um, you know, it changes, right, constantly. So it's not even something that's achievable. 
And I think that it really diminishes your capacity to really love and appreciate who you are. So those are some of the things that I wanted to start, you know, uh, sort of shifting and loosening a little bit so you can start to see things a little different as we, as we go forward. So these are some of the things to contemplate. So in terms of starting the process of mastering your mind, I want to propose you think literally of this little heirloom seed growing under the ground, okay? So you are the seed uh, in this example. And I think it goes without saying, even if you're not an avid garden, gardening gardener like myself, I, I dabble, but I'm not like an expert by any means. But we all know that a healthy soil will help the seed grow, right? If you water the soil, if you have nourishment in the soil, it's going to be helpful. So if you think of yourself as this little seed, really working on the soil is really important. And I'll say that is really where I tell women to start. Let's work on that foundation of you rather than saying oh, it's not working. The seed is no good. Like that's crazy. right? But we blame ourselves for not getting results and stuff because we think, oh, there's something wrong with us, which is actually untrue. There's nothing wrong with you. But there's going to be a layer of removing interference and really supporting self that is important for you to emerge from the soil and flourish. So first of all, there's nothing wrong with you, by the way, but we may have to address the soil, okay, that you are yourself growing in that. I'll show you some of the components of the soil in just a moment. Number two, for real transformation to take place, it takes trust. So if you think of this little seed down in the darkness of the ground, it's going to take a while, even as roots starts to form and you start to get solid, until it breaks free and you can see light. So you're going to be in the spirit of shedding and transformation that may feel a little scary. And that's why having support is important. So there's somebody else showing you perspective. Yes, you are moving forward. The little seed is going to continue to grow, even if it hasn't broken through that glass ceiling or, you know, break through the layer of dirt on the top so you can see the light. And then the last piece of it is once you actually do sprout and you're starting to make progress and grow new leaves and all of that stuff, constant care is important. And I think the problem that I see often with weight loss is that we make this goal that is maybe like a, a scale number or a weight number. And the moment we get near it or hit it, it stops. Because the motivation to hit that goal, or let's just say you have this goal to hit before a trip or, you know, maybe, I don't know, your daughter's wedding or I don't know, something like that. So when you hit that initial goal, then all the motivation to keep pushing in and then we slide back, right? Because the goal was set improperly. And the concept here is that if you make the goal, understanding that your health is the goal, not your weight, the weight is a consequence. Health is a goal because, and then that the because is really deep and meaningful to you, it's going to be different for all of us, then it is almost like this goal that you will always pursue but never fully actualize so that you can maintain. Because like for this little plant, you will need continuous care and attention. You can't just stop watering it just because it grew, right? Just because it became like a plant or a flower. So I just hopefully this gives you a little bit visual in terms of that journey in hopefully a different way. We're basically like complicated houseplants. And if you have a complicated houseplant like I do, it needs a lot of care and attention constantly. Otherwise, it starts to go the other way. So we're all complicated houseplants. 
we need attention, we need light, we need nourishment, we need water. Yeah. And we're also very beautiful. The one thing that I want to now bring you to is to give you this concept. And this is like basic human behavior. And it's one of the things I love the most. And I've been studying for quite some time now. Because once you understand how does your mind naturally make choices, then you stop blaming yourself for doing so. You just understand, oh, that's how everybody operates. We all have different, you know, thresholds. And that is why we're different. But really, what is important here is that we only make a change, no matter what it is in life. I'm talking anywhere from physical health to investing your money to where you spend the money, whatever it is. We only make a change when the pain of the change is lower than the pain of the status quo. Meaning, if it's more painful to not change, that's when we change. Okay, And that is true for, I'll say, everybody. So for many women... A lot of times it takes burnout, a health scare, or a difficult diagnosis. And I had all three of those before I, you know, got my shit together. But for some women, it takes all one or all three of those for health to be prioritized, for health to be put higher in that to-do list. And what I want you to do is to be able to find a different way so you can move your health higher in your to-do list without having to feel or experience burnout the health care, the diagnosis. So that it's a choice you have rather than now you've got to do this, okay? And really for that, then you have the opportunity by doing so to really share your love and your brilliance and really see this impact that you want to make in the world. So that is really, um, I understand, like I said a little bit earlier, that yes, for a lot of purpose-driven women, your health is not going to be at the top of your to-do list. If it was, you probably would not be here today you know, the messaging to get you to sign up would not have resonated. If it did, like for myself, health is not at the top. Your career, your impact, serving the world is, and that is okay. That's the truth of your authentic blueprint. But the, the real work here is how can we prioritize health enough without you needing to, but because you want to in a sustainable way that your mind can actually see that, wow, by doing so, it's actually benefiting you to what is most important to you, which is growing your impact in your career. In order to do so, what I want you to know is how can we go from, you know, having to do this to wanting to do this? So many, meaning putting your health higher in that to-do list. And the number one thing that I wanted to give you to you as a little take home is no different than watering that plant and really nourishing the soil. It's really important to understand that you need the right resources so that it can be resourceful to get the job done, if that makes sense. And after you know all these years, I've been studying health and wellness and nutrition for over 17 years now, and been in this field for over 11 years, and I've seen a lot, and I've worked with many, many women, and what I have gathered after all these years of observation and actual work is the number, the, the top three resources that I feel are crucial, especially in midlife. Number one is blood sugar balance. And part two of the series, I'm going to talk about the body. So either tomorrow, if you're live with me, or in the following episode, if you're listening to the replay on the podcast. But blood sugar balance is one. Number two, your circadian rhythm regulation. So that will be your energy levels as well as good quality sleep. And number three, emotional mastery. You get those three things in place, 
working together harmoniously, it will change the world <laughs> for you. It will change the world because you will have so much capacity to show up, to be seen, to serve, that there's no way but to increase your impact in your income. Okay, so those are the three main resources that if you when women have them, you become so resourceful. Okay. So to close for today, I have an activity for you. And that activity, uh, all the details of the activity are in this workbook that I created for you. So if you have signed up for the series and you're here live, the workbook was sent to you via email. And it's also inside the portal. Uh, it's going to be on top of the video replay. So it's inside the portal where all the videos are housed. If you're listening to the podcast and you don't have it yet, go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash confidence. Sign up and you're going to get access to the portal with the replay and the workbook. But in there, what I wanted you to start contemplating is, okay, number one, what does that wealthy woman version of you looks like? Okay. So if you were to embody her, we need to know, first of all, what does she look like? What does she feel like? What does she want? What does she does not want? Okay. And we're going to really start tapping into this new identity of how would you show up differently if you were embodied this version of you that is well-resourced, emotionally, physical, physically, mentally, that is grateful for her body, that works in harmony with her, <laughs> you know, circadian rhythm, blood sugar, emotional mastery, and all those things we talked about. And that new identity or view, the wealthy woman, she does not need to justify her desires. And that's one of the most, I'll say, transformational things that, you become able to do something for you because you want to, because it fulfills you, because it brings you joy, period. Not because then you can give it more to your family and then you can serve the world. You know, it's just being able to give to self without having to justify, without having to have this big cause or mission behind it. Even if you do, it doesn't have because you do, but it's just you're enough. Giving to yourself is enough. Number two, that new identity of you is that one that the outside of you matches how you feel on the inside. And that's something I hear from so many women. And that's the basis of my work in weight release is releasing the baggage that doesn't serve you anymore. So the outside finally matches the inside. Because I know for so many of us that we're so much younger inside than our actual age number and how whatever the world tells us that how we should behave at that age or whatever. So having that freedom to have the two worlds match. And lastly, that version of you, this new identity, the wealthy woman version of you, um, is an identity that you can live life based on your most authentic blueprint, which means saying yes to you, not having to compromise the things you love and want to do, and living most of your time doing what you want to, love to, get to do, rather than the duties of have-tos, need-tos, and shoulds. Okay, so that is really what that shift looks like for us. So in your workbook, you're going to have the exercises. So who would you be without the struggle is really what I want you to start contemplating. Who would you be without the story? You know, a future version of you looking down, what does that future version of you will tell you today that, you know what? You know, these are the choices that by making today, you will get to that goal that you want. And how would you show up if you were to embody your wealthy woman? How different would you show up? How different would you dress? How differently would you eat? How differently would you 
you know, speak to people and watch the news and all, all the things, okay? So we'll be uh, either in the portal below or on top of this video uh, if you uh, have signed up or if not, if you go to the link in the show notes, you'll be able to get your copy. And lastly, in the exercise and workbook, you're really going to be able to do this and have the spaces for you to write on. But I really want you to start thinking about this pyramid. And it's really broken out into those three layers. And those three layers, going from the outer layer, the bottom of your pyramid, is really your environment and your circumstances. I'm going to go backwards here. So I want you to start thinking how you experience your current life and circumstances. What do you wish to change? So what do you feel it's missing, lacking? What do you think are the patterns and struggles keeping you stuck in the cycle that you're unhappy with? Because once we start understanding what is really in your way in doing a real inventory, then we can do something about it. The next layer of it, a little deeper inside your onion layers, number two, is how you listen to the opinion of others. So do you hear what some specific authority figures in your life or whoever you made an authority figure and you believe what they say about you, if you're doing it right or wrong or who you are? And for some of those important people in your life, do you ask for their support or do you wait for their permission? Right. And that is one of the questions that when I first contemplated for my own life, I was like, oh, my goodness, I ask for permission a lot. Right. And a lot of times I'll say most of the time what other people value is not going to match your inner priority or inner blueprint because everybody's trying to fulfill their own. So that's when you start get stuck in the cycle of duty because you're listening to other people and really muting the voice of your own heart. And lastly, at the top of your pyramid is yourself, the deep <laughs> aspect of your onion core. And how do you feel about yourself, both physically and emotionally? Because as exercise, we need to tease out all the things that we perceive are wrong, that we want to change, that we feel we lack. And as we progress, I'm going to show you how some of these things are just, you know, perception errors, that nothing is actually missing, nothing needs to change about you. It's really just your acceptance of yourself, releasing what no longer serves so that inside of you can match the outside. If you don't have the workbook yet, uh, make sure to go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash confidence to download. And if you're ready to sign up for the series and it's inside your portal, you can find that uh, on top of day one video and also in your uh, on the schedule page, like in your main portal page. And I really hope that this was information, uh, new information for you that you haven't really necessarily thought about in this sense for tomorrow if you're live or for part two. We're going to actually start talking about the body and we will get into hormones <laughs> as well. Uh, and then on part three or on the third episode, then we're going to be talking about business and really putting all those pieces together. So I hope you enjoyed today and I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow or next week if you're listening to the replay on the podcast. <laughs> Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at naturally.joyous and I will be sure to tag you back. I would also love for you to leave us a review on iTunes so you can help us support our show. Stay healthy and happy and until next time.